The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We're flipping the script and going behind the camera with Katie McLean today on Soap Central Live. What's happening this week on your favorite soap operas? It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, recaps, and interviews with your favorite daytime stars. Now, here's Dan. Welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm Dan Kroll, and for the next hour, I will be the flag bearer representing SoapCentral.com as we go for the gold in our quest to talk about anything and everything soap. Yes, we will be talking a little bit about the Olympics today as well. It's February 7th, 2014. This is our first show of February, and I believe this is show number 216 overall. So there are a lot of hours of soap things for you to listen to if you're just discovering the show. We've got a really great lineup for you today. Coming up in just a few moments, All My Children and As the World Turns Emmy winner Katie McLean will be here to talk about some really, really exciting things and some new projects projects that she's been working on. And then later in the hour, celebrity psychic John Cowan will be here with a little pre-Valentine's Day discussion of love in Hollywood. So you'll want to stay tuned for that as well. But first up, if you'd like to be part of today's show to call in to talk to any of our guests, or maybe even me, you can certainly call in. I want to give you the number so that you know how to reach us. It's toll-free, 866-472-5788. Again, that number is 866-472-5788. If for some reason you can't get to the phone, maybe you're busy peering into your crystal ball, you can always send us a message on Twitter at Soap Central Live or at Soap Central. I'll be poking around there and maybe even read some of your questions right here on the show. So what do you say we get right to it? Because my first guest this week is a two-time Emmy winner known for her roles as Rosanna Cabot on As the World Turns and Dixie Cooney Martin on All My Children. But Katie McLean has expanded her reach behind the camera and she's received critical acclaim for her directorial debut on the short film Flip Fantasia. She's also preparing to release her first book next month. It's always a pleasure to talk to her and we have so many things to talk about today. So I'm glad she's here with us. Katie McLean, welcome to Soap Central Live. Oh, thanks, Dan. Thanks so much for having me. Well, uh, Katie, it's, as I said, it's always a pleasure to have you here. But before we get into some of the soap stuff and all of the other stuff, I mentioned that we are right at the beginning of the Winter Olympics. Are you a fan of the Winter Olympics? Oh, definitely. I really love the ice skating. It's so much fun. They're so incredible, their physicality and athleticism. and uh, It's really impressive. That's actually, we've been asking on Facebook for fans to say if they were able to, you know, their current skill set aside, what sport would they like to compete in at the Olympics? And almost everybody, I'd say it's like 75% of the people said they'd like to be in ice skating and figure skating. Huh, that's so funny. Well, it's such a, uh, it's a romantic uh, 
sport, if you will. Uh, it's beautiful to watch. So I'm not really surprised in a way that uh, fans of romance and, and uh, you know, would, would find ice skating appealing. <laughs> It's sort of a, a very dangerous soap opera on a very tiny blade set to music. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's what we explain, uh, how we explain figure skating. Let's do a little bit more of a, a journey here, uh, treading not on delicate ice, but we'll talk a little bit about your journey behind the camera later on. We'll talk about your dog as well, uh, <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, let's talk about a little bit of the background in acting. Was being a performer, was that always something that was on your radar as what you wanted to do? Well, um, boy, that's a, that's a tough question. Uh, it was a very, well, there's a lot of my, uh, I write a lot about that, about the process of becoming an actor in, in this book, which I call Murdering My Youth, because I was a child actor, and I don't really think that children should be in show business. I know it's just, it happens, and, you know, some, for many people it's fine, but for most it isn't. Um, it's, it's troubling. It's a troubling experience. You, you lose uh, a lot um, a lot of your important developmental process by being in show business as a child. And, um, and my own experience also was that I had to make a decision very young about what I wanted to do for a living because uh, my parents were pretty, um, shall we say, helpless. Mm. <laughs> and I kind of had took this sort of role of... Um, uh, breadwinner, I guess, and and how I was going to make the bread was the only thing I knew how to do, which was which was acting. I it was kind of a combination of being guided into it, being given and being given no other real options. Um, that said, um, I definitely found my my own personal relationship to the art of acting, and that's what I focused on. And, there was a teacher who told me uh, freedom within structure. And I, when I grabbed a hold of that, I found that within this sort of structure that I had been given to live my life, I could have enormous freedom through the, through the art of acting. Um, so in that regard, it turned out to be a great blessing, you know. You talk about, you know, growing up as a child sort of in the spotlight. And I know that we've all seen instances we don't need to necessarily name them specifically but we've seen young stars who go through a lot of problems and i think the first response that a lot of people have and i'll admit that maybe once or twice i've thought this at least is that well you know the parents it's the parents problems the parents need to be there but i guess it's it's there's a lot more going on when you're 13 14 15 16 in the spotlight than you know, maybe it would be if that happened to someone later on in life. What what don't we understand for those of us who haven't been in the spotlight? What is it that we're missing that really is so difficult about that? Well, you know, there are parents of, of children in the business who are always present with their kids, who protect them and who really fight for the child's rights, you know, protect their the money that they earn, and and so there, you know, it, that does exist. But what there are many places for cracks uh, to even come into that situation. When a child is on a set, they are surrounded 
by professional adults who are not paid to treat that child like a child. They're Mm. paid to treat the situation like adult professionals and get the job done. So there's no... Sorry. (laughs) Noodle. Hush. All right. I'm just going to close this door and let him bark his head off. Um, (laughs) Poor Noodle. Um, Poor Noodle. uh, So... There, there's just within that situation so many opportunities for that innocence to be exposed to things that it shouldn't be. Emotions that are complex, um, situations that are potentially uh, upsetting, emotionally violent, and, you know, um, just psychologically uh, things that that child would not experience if they weren't in an acting scenario. Okay, that's like the least of it. You know, the, 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 the next step of things that can happen to a kid is exposure to adults who don't um, have their head screwed on right and who like to touch children. And that happens all the time. Then if you get a little older, if you're a girl or a boy and you're in your teens, you are not only uh, overtly sexualized, but you're um, uh, told that if you want to be successful, you have to allow yourself to be sexualized and um, to be a product and that you should be happy and grateful to be allowed be in the spotlight, and to be a product. And that is incredibly crazy just even for somebody who's 25 to be 14, 15, 16, having to deal with that psychology coming at you and the wackadoo people that are out there. I mean, it can really screw you up. So there's there's that for starters. You mentioned the title of your book is Murdering My Youth. I was poking around on your official website, which, of course, is katiemclean.com, and I saw a blog entry from February 9th, 2013, and you mentioned that back then you had turned in a 306-page copy of your book to your agent. So how long have you been working on Murdering My Youth? Uh, is this, this has obviously been an ongoing process. Yeah, I started um, about four years ago, um, and I think... Is it four? God, maybe it's even five. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's been a long time. Many, many, many rewrites. And I think mostly because I wanted to write every word myself. I didn't want to have a ghostwriter. And I wanted to be able to put into words um, on paper um, a full story about what happened to me as a kid at, you know, turning into an adult, because it just goes from the time I was a kid to about, you know, 25 years old. And the psychology that I uh, was exposed to, had to fight against, had to recover from, um, and, uh, you know, and the situations um, that I had to deal with uh, in my life at that time. So, you know, because that's that's the stuff that has... um, I suppose, you know, everyone looks back on their childhood and has something that they've got to get over. Um, but mine just kind of all got 
packed into one really intense experience, (laughs) long, intense experience. Because on top of, you know, being in show business, my parents were batshit crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm raising my hand as well. I think I've experienced that as well. So uh, I think a lot of people have. Yeah, you know, I mean, and that's what I'm kind of hoping the book will, you know, will be able to be, um, you know, hopefully healing for people, hopefully, you know, uh, an experience where they'll, they will be able to, you know, not just have a kind of a, um, ooh, what's it like to be a kid in show business, but, you know, that kind of um, vicarious sort of horror thrill. But, uh, um uh, I look at their own kind of perhaps, you know, family trials and, you know, sort of relief, you know, that they aren't the only person who's had to go through certain things, you know, very young. Absolutely. And this book has allowed you to obviously to be able to do some, some self-healing and you're going to be talking about the writing process with, uh, aspiring writers at the Write the Dream conference next month. It's March 7th, 8th, and 9th at the Kansas City Convention Center in Kansas City, Missouri. It's hosted by Studio Z Publishing. What is Write the Dream? Well, Write the Dream is a conference that is exposing both experienced writers and people who just only have allowed themselves to dream of writing to come together and really... Um, not just explore their creativity, which, which is something that I'm really there to do uh, with the participants, but to um, expose themselves to how they can best take their story that they want to tell and put it out there into the world. And um, what uh, Leanna Bruner has, has created is a really loving and um, thoughtful program that will uh, give everyone... Uh, not just a taste of the self-publishing process, but if they want to go deeper, a, a very in-depth uh, exposure to how they can take their story that's from a concept in their mind and turn it into a book that they can either sell or give away or you know, feel proud of, bottom line. And uh, she has figured out a really ingenious way of doing that. I honestly have to say, if it wasn't for her, I I don't know. My book might uh, still be sitting in my computer. Well, we're glad that it won't be. And just once Mm -hmm. again, when will Murdering My Youth be available for people to check out and buy? Uh, By the beginning of uh, March. I don't have an exact date yet, but it'll definitely be on Amazon at the beginning of March. And for those of you who want... More information about Write the Dream, you can go to Write the Dream. It's W-R-I-T-E, writethedream.com. Again, it's March 7th, 8th, and 9th in Kansas City, Missouri. We're going to backpedal a little bit here because in talking about your time on All My Children, the Times, and the Soaps, there are some people who did not know that you were not the first actress to play the role of Dixie on All My Children. That's there was uh, a lovely actress who uh, played the part for three months before me, but um, for some reason or other, they um, they wanted to go a different direction with the with the character and um, asked me to come back and and uh, screen test um, along with a few other girls. And you know, lucky for me, I got the part. 
Well, for the first time possibly ever, we have actress Carrie Gibson Fraser on the line, the original Dixie, who uh, wants to say hello. Carrie, okay. welcome to Sub Central Live. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so happy to meet you finally. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's <laughs> lovely to meet you on the phone. We I'm have... a big fan of yours. Very big fan. You did a wonderful, wonderful job with the role. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So did you. I'm, oh, I'm very sorry that didn't work out, and uh, I, I always thought you were very funny and really, really fun in that part. Thank you. I had such a wonderful time doing the show, such a wonderful time and such happy memories, but I've always wanted to meet you. I've stayed in touch with Joan Dincheco and over the years, and I was just telling her on the phone yesterday. I'm going to be doing SoapCentral.com, and I'm finally going to meet Katie. She said, wonderful. So I'm Aww. very, very happy that Dan approached me. So I have Aww. the opportunity to And Carrie, everything, everything well, happens the you're way. you're a dancer. Is that right? Yes. Oh, I have done some ballroom dancing, but my primary basis is acting. Okay, so cool. Bit, but I'm going to begin a movie probably at the beginning of the summer, and um, yeah, like that. Oh, good for you. It's funny how these things that happen sometimes turn into blessings. Um, a gentleman who, uh, James Patrick Stewart, who played my uh, brother Will, my children, later on in the movies, um, uh, he was fired. Show and um, uh, he went on to do, I mean, great things: film, TV, theater. He, he worked all the time here in LA. So sometimes uh, these things that feel bad at first to always tend to turn out to be a blessing at the end. I think. And clearly, that's what's happened with you. You're working like crazy. So congratulations. Thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you, Carrie, so much for calling in. You're welcome. You're welcome. I look forward to talking with you again, Dan. Absolutely. We'll have you on. We'll talk about the ballroom dancing. We'll talk about your new movie. I uh, look forward to that, and everybody can stay tuned to find out exactly when that is. Just uh, check our Twitter feed, at Soap Central or at Soap Central Live, to make it happen. Wonderful. Well, good luck, thank Carrie. you so much. Thank you. Take care, and good luck with your book. Thank you so much. It's one of those sort of things that we like to do here. There are some surprises. I had been in contact and found out that uh, Carrie was such a big fan of yours and wanted the opportunity to say hello to you. So I thought we'd give her the opportunity here to do so today. Uh, that was sweet. Yeah, she's, she's, uh, I've always felt bad about, um, about that, but she clearly has, you know, like I said, gone on to do wonderful things. And, uh, yeah, so all worked out for the best, I guess. I think that that's, that's something. I don't know if, if in the book, if writing the book, if maybe that's something that you uh, came to realize. But sometimes there are all of those things that, as you were saying to Carrie, seem really bad in the moment. They seem that we'll ne- maybe never get past them or it's the worst thing to happen. And then we find out later, had it not been for that really bad thing happening, we would not have been presented with our current blessings, things that we have to really hold dear currently. So uh, I think that you're absolutely right. I think everything probably worked out the way that it was supposed to. I guess so. I mean, I, I definitely have come around to a certain kind of faith where I think the universe um, 
you know, it doesn't always say no. It doesn't say no to be cruel. It just it says, uh, you know, life doesn't say no to be cruel. It says it to, to sometimes to protect you or to say that, it's, you know, there's something better for you coming up. So, you know, it's how you roll with the punches and and take uh, and, and, you know, deal with them. That's a huge part of, of uh being, I guess, a resilient person, you know, keeping going, not letting things get to you, you know? I think another huge part of just everyday living is to also remember that we need to take time and be thankful and to express that that gratefulness to those or to the things that we're grateful. And we have some folks on the line who are fans who want a chance to speak to you. We're going to go first to Iowa. We have a call from Mario. Mario, you're on Subcentral Live. Hi, Katie. Hey, Mario. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good, thanks. Um, well, I have three questions I really wanted to ask. Um, the first one is about all my children. I'm a big fan of that. I've been a big fan of that since I was, you know, five years old. Um, was there, a, like, a favorite storyline that you did or, or, you know, a story that you really liked or that you didn't do that you really liked? Um, I, I, I have to say that the story with... Um, uh, when I first came on the show with uh, David Canary and Julia Barr and Michael Knight, uh, that whole year it was like a you know, Dixie getting involved with um, you know this older man and um, getting pregnant and then falling in love with Ted and having a baby and I always thought that that was just a beautiful, beautifully written uh, you know arc and I was so as Dan was saying, very grateful to be a part of that. It was a great question. Thank you so much, Mario, for your question. We have another caller on the line. We have Brian from Georgia who'd like to speak to you. Brian, welcome to Soap Central Live. Yes. Hello, uh, Caddy. Hi, Brian. Uh, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm doing good. Uh, my question for you uh, was actually related to As the World Turns. Um, how was it playing? How how was it actually being in a role with um, Roger Hayworth as Paul? Oh well, great. I mean, he he's very funny, very interesting, and unique person. He has a. I don't know if you watched General Hospital, um, but he is. Um, very dynamic and uh, um, create you know creative. He has this a very unique energy, and uh, I had a lot of fun working with him. He's um, a, a great, a great, very talented actor. Thank you for your call. Uh, we have a couple of other questions that have come up. I mean, obviously, there are a lot of all my children fans who are listening, and one of the ones that comes from Twitter. Uh, they mentioned that when we found out that all my children would not be coming back, at least not immediately, uh, your comment was, instead of going into the what went wrong question, I'd rather focus on the gratitude I feel for having been asked to continue with the show. With that in mind, what are you most proud of from your time on All My Children? What do you look back at and with the most uh, fondness? I think it would have to be the work I did with Michael Knight. I mean... We had, uh, when we were working together, um, you know, over these long periods of time, um, we just developed this fantastic, 
structure, you know, a way, a way of approaching the work. And, and he would always make me laugh. I mean, working with him was a true, true delight. He's just an actor's actor. And, uh, you know, that was just great days, great days indeed. And at some point in all of the acting and, and certainly two Emmy wins and people know you from two different roles on soaps, there came a point when you became interested on what goes on behind the camera. Do you remember when that curiosity first started for you? Boy, I, um, hmm, I think it started in my late 20s and I started to talk. Well, that's not true. I started studying um, directing in my early 20s. And, um, but I started studying, um, theater directing and, uh, it wasn't, I didn't really feel like I had a right to be behind the camera. Um, really? until, yeah, I it just felt like there's so much you have to learn about, um, the technicals of how to, how to operate a camera. I mean, you really should, you should know as much as you possibly can, um, uh, and and I wanted to show respect to those who have, you know, made filmmaking and, or television directing even, you know, their their milieu, you know. So I I think it was then that I started taking um, history of film classes and um, you know like to have these extension classes at NYU and history of art and I just really wanted to approach it with uh, as much, you know. I guess, respect as I possibly could. So, um, and even then it took me until I guess last summer and I had a bunch of people pushing me to make this film and to direct it myself. I was, I was about to let a, a, a really brilliant, you know, woman director that I know take it and run with it. And, um, these people that, uh, encouraged me, they just said, listen, you know, you wrote this, you have a vision for it. You've studied everything. You're an artist. You under you get it. Go for it. So I did. <laughs> I mean, with the, I think the break, that weird break in the summer, really mm-hmm. just uh, made me feel like, you know, I had I had to take advantage of that time. And so, so I did. And taking advantage of that time yielded us the short film Flip Fantasia. It was accepted into this year's Macon Film Festival. Can you tell us a little bit about the concept of Flip Fantasia? Because the tagline is, uh, at least in the trailer, is what happens when life breaks you and you can't do anything to fix it? Uh, that probably rings with a lot of people. What's, what is this movie about? Well, uh, it's about four guys and a dead girl. And, uh, for friends, and the girl has just died, um, of alcohol poisoning. They've all been out partying. And, um, the lover of this girl just goes into complete denial about it and treats her like she's just tired or sick or passed out or, and takes care of her for about, you know, 24 hours while his friends freak out about how to make their friend, uh, see with the truth of what's happened and finally um, he does and his friends come to help him let her go you know it's it's really like a big metaphor I guess for dealing with uh, things in life that you can't fix and death is one of those things 
For those of you who would like to see the trailer that I just referred to, you can go to FlipFantasiaTheMovie.com. You can also follow on Twitter at FlipFantasiaMOV, short for movie, of course. We have time for one more quick caller before we have to go. We have Dara from North Carolina. Dara, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hey. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> hey, Katie. You're one of my favorite people, and I'm so proud of you for doing this. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I follow everything that you do, and I feel like sometimes I feel like we're sisters or you're my mother, but you're such an inspiration. I just I just wanted to thank you for everything that you oh, do. That's so lovely. Thank you. That means when a lot I, to me. <laughs> when I'm down or anything, I always pull up Susie Homemaker or, you know, just always... <laughs> uh, you know, just you just bring the the light into a day sometimes when there isn't any, and I just want to thank you because I'm sure I'm not the only one. Oh well, thank you for telling me that. I'm so <laughs> glad you just yes. brought light to my day. <laughs> thank yes, you. and I just um, I love your animals and just and just everything. I like I said, I've been a um, all my children fans since wait before Dixie came along. That's how yeah. old I. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Me too, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I'm so disappointed over what happened, but, you know, that's mm-hmm. the way it goes. But I just, I'm hoping to try to make it to Macon. I'm, I'm glad you're going to be close to me, and I'm really excited about it. But uh, I'm just so proud that you've done all this that you've done, because I, I, I can't seem to sometimes get there. And I think, well, you know, if, if she can do it, you know, if she can do it, maybe, you know, my day can get better just thinking about it. So, like yeah. I said, I don't want to repeat myself. I'm ready. Oh, oh, thank you so, so much, Dara, for that so call. Sweet of you to call. And listen, if you come to Macon, um, definitely come find me. Come introduce yourself. You know, I'd love to meet you. And we have information about the Macon Film Festival as well on our Twitter feed at Soap Central. I guess, Katie, the last question I have for you that we, you know, that people are were talking. We heard from Dara, who said, you know, that these characters from the soaps particularly Dixie, you know, bring that light into their lives. There are some folks who become known for a role, and for some reason they, they feel that it's maybe a bad thing or it's a liability. And it, I don't feel that that's the case for you. I feel that you've always embraced your love of daytime. So, you know, what is it that for some people that they feel that being known as a character is a bad thing? Um, I guess... Uh Certainly in the, in the business of show, uh, you can get stereotyped and people will think that you can't play anything other than, you know, a sweetheart or um, a victim or, uh, you know, the hero or, you know, they sort of get this idea about you that that's all you are and, um, and that's all your range is. And, you know, indeed there are some people who have, you know, who may play themselves or who have a limited range and... Um, but not everybody does, and and so um, I think when that happens, I mean it's it's a mixed blessing, you know. It's great to be known for something <laughs> on the one hand, you know, but <laughs> I can't have your luck, you know. Very true. <laughs> but um, on the other hand, if if you do find yourself locked down, I mean, it's really up to you to 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 take the risks and and make the change and and. You know, challenge yourself. Do a play if you if you can't get anybody to hire you. Write your own play. Make your own opportunities. I mean, that's something that I deeply, firmly believe in. Is that you have to make it happen for yourself. And um, you know, and and uh, 
quit bitching. <laughs> Get busy. Well, I was, I think that's true. I think that, you know, the time that you spend feeling sorry for yourself is a time that you could spend doing something else. And I was just pointed out while we were wrapping things up here for a little fun fact. This week back in 2001, so it's 13 years ago now, Dixie and David were snowbound at the Sleepy Hollow Inn. They engaged in a little bedroom slalom. And we have Vincent Irizarry on the line who wants to say hello. Oh, hello. Hi, Dan. How you doing, Katie? I'm wonderful. Hey. I came for, uh, for uh, to, to reenact that bedroom slalom that we're talking about here. <laughs> Yes, we'll do it uh, just over the phone. <laughs> yes, why not? That's pretty exciting. Uh, how you doing, honey? I'm good. How are you? It's so good to hear from you. I miss you so. I know. I miss everybody. I do. I miss the whole experience. It was it was cut too short, and once again, it's left unresolved. <laughs> it's it's, oh, it's just like it was with ABC. It's, so there was like no finality. It's like, oh. I My character finally had a son that he didn't know about, and then, you know, he may never know. Just left out there. Yeah. So bizarre. I know. Weirder than weird. But you're doing well. You're working your butt off, and I feel like you're popping up everywhere these days. Didn't you just go to the uh, uh, Walking Dead party? Yes, I was there last night, actually. Yeah, I went to at the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences at it. Um, was there. It was great. I was able to take my 12-year-old son, who was a huge fan of the show, and he got to meet wow. the cast. And he actually, he totally surprised me. He jumped up when they were taking questions at the end of the Q&A. It's a, an auditorium of 700 people. He jumped up out of his seat and ran to the microphone and asked the questions to the creator of the show, Robert Kirkman. I was like, oh, my God. I was, so wow. impressed, I was so impressed with him, and he asked me yeah. a great question, and, and then after that, he was like a little celebrity. The whole time at the reception, I was like, what a great question. Everybody's like, up and say, wow, that was awesome, and the people in the cast all knew him. It was funny. I was like, oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> 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 yeah, he must have been like, that's my guy. That's my boy. That's my guy. I think he was just induct- uh, inducted into the world of geekdom, my son. <laughs> yeah. Well, boy, you're going to have some people envious of you, you know, uh, that show is killer! My gosh! Wow! Yeah, it's huge, huge, and it was—it's great. I, I actually went to it last year as well, and it—they're a wonderful cast. Everybody was so gracious, and and even the creator Robert Kirkman was wonderful, and they all were. It was—it was great. It was a good experience. So, anyway, How so cool. and, now what's going on with you, Katie? I know that you're doing some. Are you doing another movie that you're directing right now? Um, I did uh, shoot the second uh, short film, and um, oh, I'm. Yeah, it's done. It's in the can, and I'm uh, uh, working on the music rights, and we'll go into um, more post-production type stuff in March, I think. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, Excellent. But do you remember when I was, uh, I told you I was working on my book, and mm-hmm. I had that right. big disappointment with this uh, agent I was working with? I was offered this incredible experience by uh, a woman who runs, uh, who's also, uh, she's a writing professor, but she also um, runs a self-publishing um, company, and she is helping me self-publish my book. So that's fantastic, excellent. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. Well, that's very great. excited I'm, about that. Well, I'm going to actually, if if, I, if it's okay, I want to plug in somebody else who just wrote a book that actually just was put online um, as an ebook, Amazon, and it's a the book is 
the reason I'm doing this is because I'm writing the screenplay to this. It's an original manuscript that was written about a, a real-life murder that took place in Texas. And I'm wow. writing the screenplay to it right now, and I'm almost fish, finished with it. It's called Parallax. And it was uh, written by Elizabeth Steele, Darling Steele. Um, and it just came on a week ago, and it's already on the bestseller list. For wow. Um, it's at number 37 already on Amazon. So, but it, I'm very excited about it because I'm I'm almost done with the screenplay and and I'm looking forward to getting that out there. So it's pretty cool. That's so exciting! Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's that's great. It's fantastic. a very interesting story. The psychological drama takes place, crime drama. It's, it's great. It's great. So you better catch yourself in that quick. <laughs> yes, I know that's true. That's true. You're the right. I always tell actors, I was like, like. You put yourself in your own part. Come on, do it, do it. You know. <laughs> no, I, I I agree with you, but it's honestly, I'd be just, I'd be happy to be a producer of this and a, and the and the writer of record. I'd be very happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it would be nice to be able to do something. As, as actors, as you know, we're sort of at the mercy of whatever roles come our way. It's not. It's mm-hmm. more often than not, it's not our piece that we're driving that we're getting off the ground and it's not mm-hmm. it's not our labor of love we're just a cog in the wheel you know and mm-hmm. so it's nice to be able to do that to have something that I've invested myself and my heart into this and um, my, my, my creativity and just then the hopes of getting it done we'll see see what happens but I, um, I've only read a little of your writing that incredible article you wrote about uh, uh, the death of Martin Luther King I, re- I remember that was just Stunning, and so I I have every confidence that you're a fantastic screenwriter as well. I okay. hope you let me read it. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. Of course I will. Of course I will. And I and I've also enjoyed your writing. Anything that I've ever read read of yours uh-huh. has been wonderful. So, so mm-hmm. I think we've we've taken the show away from Dan. Hi, Dan. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> <Poor> Dan. <laughs> this is a mutiny. We're taking over the show. <laughs> Are we still is on the there? air? What is this? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Dan. <laughs> Hello? I think we, we lost I am. Them. I am here. I am here. I was letting you guys you know, tidying up around the studio. You're having a drink. He's like, oh, <laughs> did you a bathroom break or something, Dan? Did you go for a bathroom break? <laughs> I was well, enjoying like the conversation. I felt like I was part of the, uh, the, the back from the dead uh, scenario there. Uh, but... <laughs> I definitely want to talk more about that, Vincent. So maybe when you have, uh, when you're finished, when there's more to talk about, we'd love to have you come on sure. and and talk to fans and give you your own uh, your own show where everybody can call in and talk to you and tell you how much you know that they they loved your work and what they want to see. So I think that'd be a lot of fun. Well, well thank you, Dan. As you can tell, I'm not I'm usually sh- short of things to talk about. So, <laughs> so I'm oh. really happy. To- <laughs> Vincent, I saw you on Homeland. You were so good. Oh my oh, God! Thank you, sweetie. Thank you. That was a, it. Was fun. It was such a treat to get that. And I, it happened so quick. As you know, that happens oftentimes. It went. I put myself on tape for it because they cast it in New York. The next day, I got the call and I got it. I had to get on the plane the next morning. Went there and shot it in one day and turned around, and came back. I was like, whoa! Oh. It, went <laughs> it really wow. was. Um, the, hardest part about that, uh, the hardest part of doing that part was that it was like 98 degrees, high humidity, and I was all afternoon. I was walking around with the um, with a, a bulletproof vest underneath oh. my my um, my shirt because I was playing a police captain, and oh. that's standard issue that when you're on a crime scene you have to wear a bulletproof vest. So I was like, 
I'm so, it's so bulky and it was so hot and I couldn't like leave the house because every time I walked out, I'd be sweating immediately. So, oh. but it was fun. I had a great time. It was great just getting in there and I love that show. That show is an amazing show. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So, and everybody was great. It was, you know, always nice to get something different. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So, anyway, well, Katie, I'm looking forward to seeing your next film, honey. It was great coming to your house to see the other one that you directed. So, uh, let us know. Thank you. When you I know. will. I will, okay. absolutely. Well, thank you, Vincent, thank you, for calling for in. Me. Oh, thank absolutely. You. Take care, everybody. Bye now. Bye. 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 That's what we do here. We have surprises. You never know what will happen. Who's calling that in? That was great. So, uh, kept you a little longer than we we asked you to, so thank you for sticking around. Thank goodness that we were able to get Vincent in there to talk to you. Uh, but I'll, uh-huh. I'll give you the, the last opportunity for those who are listening who are your fans. Do you have a message you'd like to share with them? Oh, you know, I just always like to thank them so much for following me through all of these um, projects that I do, for reading my blog, for writing to me, whether it's on the um, Facebook page that I have or Twitter or at the blog. I, I really just appreciate that we've developed a kind of friendship. And I, I just I'm so grateful uh, to all of them um, for how they've shared their lives with me and and um, for giving me the, the support to keep doing what I do. And fans can follow you on your official website, katiemcclain.com. You are on Twitter, at Katie McLean. So it's very easy to find you. Uh, I'm yeah. sure fans will appreciate that. And I appreciate the time that you took to be here with us today. So thank you so much, Katie. Uh, thank you, Dan. You're the best. Everybody, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back with a little psychic fun after the break. Stay tuned, because Soap Central Live will be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than soapcentral.com. Every day, soapcentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, 
back to our stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. I am still your host, Dan Kroll, even though I lost control of the show there a little bit a while ago. We are going to welcome our next guest now, who is a celebrity psychic who's been a guest here on the show before. And with Valentine's Day coming up, I thought it might be fun to have John Cohan talk a little bit about some of the Hollywood romances and a little bit more behind the scenes on that. So, John, welcome back to Soap Central Live. Oh, hi, Dan. Nice to be back with you again. I am and, glad and I here. And I see those actors took over your show. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. I had to uh, take a drink of water, so I pushed the mute button on my microphone. And when I wandered back, I had completely forgotten that I'd turned off the mute button or turned on mute. So uh, we had a little bit of, of craziness there. But anyway, we're back. We've got all of that. I, I want to give the listeners who may have missed your other appearances here on the show, I want to give them an opportunity to know a little bit more about you, a little bit of background. So can you give them a little bit of information? about yourself? Oh, you know, I would love to. Uh, yes, I'm the celebrity psychic. I've, my career has spanned more than four decades. I started as a child in show business. And actually, I never, over the years, doing my craft that I do, my gift, my special gift, I never advertised. What happened was being in show business, it went from word to mouth, from celebrity to celebrity. And that's how many of my, you know, friends and clients uh, stayed with me in that uh, area there and I have uh, as of today as a matter of fact one of the books came out today I'm in it a bit it's not my book but today I am in eight books to date and one of the books that came out today uh, is on the live of Tennessee Williams Truman Capote and Gore Vidal and all three were my clients and friends for many years so it was very nice to be asked to be in the book and then, of course, I have my own book out, you know, one of the eight, uh, I'm called Catch a Falling Star, which we spoke about the last time. And I talk about my past and present clients and friends. And I'm very fortunate because many of the clients that I get, we always remain friends. And that's a very special thing to have. Well, so, of course, certainly being able to maintain friendships, being able to have that close bond with people, it sort of does segue into our preview of Valentine's Day. Do you have any stories that you'd like to share about keeping in the theme of of love? Yeah, speaking of of love stories, uh, Dan, and it it, it is a sweetheart story because it's a very true one. It's not uh, speaking about someone else. I can also speak about myself on this one because I'm quite the authority on having your soul mate and having your the love of your life in your life. And I had that with my Sandra D, the legendary Sandra D. Uh, and, and, the, and the sweet part of it all is that as a child, she was older than what I was, but as a child, I had a crush on her, you know, her being America's sweetheart back in those days. And then as time went on, years later, uh, we became friends. And then in the latter part of her life, we became, uh, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, lovers. We could have even married, but there was problems on her side, so we didn't, you know, push for that. But speaking about Valentine's Day, there isn't a, that's what I think of when I think of filling your heart on that day with somebody that you love and adored. And that's what I think of, of my beautiful Sandra D. And she, though she's not here in the flesh and blood, she's here with me all the time. That's, and that really uh, I, I was, don't think I knew that. that that's, fa- that's very that, sweet. That really was what you call soulmate and love of your life. And, and people don't get that wonderful miracle opportunity to have that. How many times people will, you know, be in relationships and they say they love their person, and you may love the person, but you have to be in love. There's quite a difference. 
and so many uh, relationships uh, are, you know, built on, oh, I love the person, but you have to really examine what soulmate is in order to be with that person for the rest of your life, or pretty much so. That's what I was going to ask you. I think a lot of times now, uh, there are a lot of terms with social media that's come out. People will bandy about terms sort of freely uh, because it's, it's convenient. It's a word they can pull from their hat. What is your definition of soulmate? Soulmate is someone that you can... It's hard to say, in one, of course, in one sentence and in, in the short time that we have to talk, but soulmate is somebody... It isn't... It isn't totally physical. Physical is only part of the relationship. When you have that profound love of the other person, you could be in a room, you could have a, you give that person a certain look, they'll give you a certain look. It, it's so meaningful and so profound that a touch of the hand, uh, something very sweet gesture, all that, and of the heart. Of course, your heart has to, you know, tell you uh, if it's the right person, and, and you'll know it. You just know it. It isn't something that can be matched, make with somebody. Somebody can do that for you. When it happens, you know it. It's an inside, uh, your psyche, your heart, it feels it, and you know that person is, is the right one. And it, as I say, it isn't physical, because many times today in relationships, how many, how many times you will see, see someone uh, hold, hold on to the relationship, they'll say, oh, we have such a fabulous, passionate relationship. Well, mm-hmm. did they ever think later on down the line as you get older, that passion dies and it, doesn't, uh, it isn't as full as when you first met that person. And it's a sign of as you're getting older, you're getting more profound, and you know what's real and what's, you know, at the present. And sadly, a lot of them base the relationship on because, oh, it's such a hot romance and it's such passion everything. Yes, that's sweet and nice, but down the line as you get older, it's not going to be the name of that tune because something more profound is involved there. It isn't just, you know, that physical sexy sex stuff. It's, it's something really profound and meaningful. And as you get older, you know that. You, you realize that. We are and talking about John It's Cohen. also what I would call... For every person, it's called evolvement. When you get to that point, that's a sign of evolvement, when you can go forward and you know all those things. That's, uh, okay, so, I mean, I know that that was extremely profound. I- I'm sitting here really, really thinking about what you were saying and, and certainly thinking about all the people who I know who have, they've based their relationship on the physical. So let's let's maybe give a more practical application. Who, in your opinion, are some good examples of well-known soulmates oh that's a very good well beside myself which i live with every day and is so proud to say sandra d the love of my life and my soulmate uh over the years i've met many i've met many i've been very fortunate and also to maintain a uh, friendship with them and clientele of course but one 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 genius and one legendary person comes to my mind because they had such a great beautiful profound relationship and that was james stewart and his wife gloria and that was so profound and so meaningful, and they were together for many, many years. And that's one that comes to my mind because it was so outstanding. What about that? You say that it was so outstanding for folks who may not be familiar. What was it about it that, that was so outstanding? Because in Hollywood, you know, uh, as I often say, you know, in Hollywood, uh, marriages and relationships do not last very, very long. And to, for the for the legend that he was, and the wonderful human being that he was, James Stewart, uh, 
he, they were they were quite the role models for you know when you come across a soulmate, and they were exactly that. And the most recent, I have to say, also since we're speaking on the subject, one I'm very proud to say uh, is Catherine uh, Hicklin Fisher. She used to be on many mm-hmm. soap operas, and she just married about a year year and a half ago. Uh, Todd Fisher, who is Debbie Reynolds' son, a wonderful, wonderful, charming man, and she's married to him now, but it took her many years to get to this point. She went through many relationships uh, over the years, and now at this age and at this point in her life, she's very, very lucky because she did meet her soulmate finally. Out of all the other bows she had, her husbands, her boyfriends, uh, they didn't fit that description, but the wonderful Todd Fisher, they're both my dear friends, uh, that she has that now, and I'm very happy for her. She finally found, you know, the happiness that eluded her over the years. Do you think, John, mo- do you think that a lot of people fall in love with an idea of what it, what they're supposed to have as opposed to maybe what's right for them? Oh, yes. You just defined uh, a lot of Hollywood today. Because today the, the, the actresses and actors of, of Hollywood today, they don't, they didn't have the, the, the what's the expression, the experiences and the, the realness of everything, whereas today it's a whole different world, you know, and it is, there's not much emphasis on saying, well, you know, th- this is a very meaningful relationship. It isn't just physical. The, the majority today, uh, they seem to play up that thing about the physical part. But again, I repeat myself, as you get older, what happens when all that passion dies and you're getting older and you don't have that no more. You have to have something profound and meaningful, and that goes with your heart, your psyche, and your mind. Well, I'm watching and the I, clock. I, I don't want to run out of, of time. We only have about, believe it or not, we only have about 90 seconds. Uh, oh. In that, do you have an example for what you feel would be the greatest love, uh, you know, the, the, the tortured lovers, the greatest Hollywood heartbreak story? Oh, yes. Well, actually... Uh, it was very sweet, but yet it was very profound because everything was innocent then. But, you know, one of my favorites is uh, from my Sandra D, my beautiful Sandra D. She's in a movie called A Summer Place. And if you have romance in your heart and you want to see something profound and growing and meaningful, see that movie. It's a classic, and she's just wonderful in it. She was very young, but it showed the experiences of, of, of growth, of growth, of what you go through. And I think that was a wonderful, beautiful love story, though... Troy Donnie was never my favorite. I would have picked Warren Beatty for her at the time, but we're not going to go there. But the story itself, the music, especially the theme from A Summer Place, for anybody that's in love, you listen to that theme and, you know, it puts you in the right kind of frame of mind. Well, John, thank you so much. Uh, Again, I'm sorry we're out of time, but again, we will have you back. There are always so many wonderful stories that you have to share that I think are timely, so we'll work on having you back on the show sooner rather than later. Yeah, that sounds great, Dan. So listen, you take care, and we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Thank you, John. For those of you out there who were listening to the show, if you missed any part of today's show or you'd like to hear it again, all you have to do is head over to our official show page. It's SoapCentral.com slash radio. That is the place to find any of our past episodes. So if you'd like to check out 
any of those previous episodes to see if one of your favorite stars has been here on the show or if we've talked about your favorite soap, please visit us there at SoapCentral.com slash radio. Every episode is available for free on-demand listening. You can download them to your PC, your Android, or Apple device. The show is also available as a free download in the podcast section of iTunes. Just simply search for Soap Central Live. It'll pop up. And you can also download the Voice America app on your phone. You can listen to Soap Central Live and any of the other wonderful shows on the Voice America Talk Radio Network with that app. You can listen on the go and on demand. Now, next week, we're going to be talking about Valentine's Day because it will be Valentine's Day, and we'll have the whole range of emotions here on the show. So whether you're married, single, dating, or something in between and don't know what you are, please check us out. All My Children alum, Denise Vassy, who is a newlywed herself, will be here to talk about her hit primetime series, Single Ladies, which airs Mondays on VH1. Check your local listings. And we'll also have some other fun guests to join us for Valentine's Day. I think it'll be a lot of fun. So that's it. That's what's coming up next week, February 14th, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. So until then, thank you so much for listening today and every week. I'm Dan Kroll signing off on this continuing saga known as Soap Central Live. Have a great week, everybody. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.